Good morning. We're in Jerusalem at the site of uh, the Garden Tomb, and uh, we'll also be there March the 23rd to April 30, April 1st, March 23rd, April 1st. And so I want you to sort of keep that in mind. Today, it's an interesting Bible study because it speaks about the parable of the sower. In the, about the, the parable of the sower, the most important thing is, is Jesus' understanding of how the word is received by other people. And he, God, through Jesus our Lord, prophesizes in this scripture something very important in order to know how to treat people and how to know how, to know how God in his mind sees it. The same day, chapter 13 of Matthew, verse 1, the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the Sea of Galilee. The sea is side, it's about 50 feet from, from the water. Peter's house is at the end of Capernaum, more toward, toward the, uh, close to the water. And a great multitude gathered unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. He just took a boat and backed up from the shore a little bit, and he was able to reach five to six, seven hundred people there. And the whole multitude stood at the shore. And he spoke many things unto them in parables. Now, this parable saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. So these are, these are the two characters. Jesus telling a story and the sower doing what he does. Now, not everybody is a sower. A sower is someone that has depth in the Word, ability in the Word, understand the power of the enemy and how he operates. And so he can't actually minister to those in need. And so, and when he sowed, some seeds, the Word of God, fell by the wayside. And the fowls, demon spirits, came and devoured them. The answer to that is verse 19. Because he, later after the parable of the sower, he explains what really it means. So, verse 19 explains verse 4. It says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and understands it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catches away by which that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. So, as you hear the word, Satan destroys what you heard because you do not understand it. Now, what do you mean by that? <clears throat> by that I mean <clears throat> that any teaching outside of revelation from God is void. The Holy Spirit has to be the ingredient, the part. It's like baking bread. If you don't have water in, in, on the dough, and, and, and that's not, it's not going to grow. There's a mixture on, on, the, on the mass that makes good bread. And, of course, what is the name of that, uh, that thing, Andy, that makes the bread grow? Yeast. If without yeast, 
the bread will not develop, will not grow. And so, it's, it's like time to speak to someone's heart, but they cannot understand it. So there is a moment in spirituality when someone has to have an intimacy with God to a point of allowing the Holy Spirit to explain individually what is going on. And so he's saying, fell by the wayside and the fowls came and devoured them. It's it's word that comes out of intellectualism, rationalization, pride and ego. That type of word will never do anything to anybody. And it simply just kills and rejects the word. And the person is completely taken out of the ability to understand it. Now, keep on that now. Some seed fell in stony places because they had not much earth and forthwith they sprung up because they had no depth of earth. Verse 5 is explained by Jesus on verse 20 of the same chapter. And he says this, He who receives the seed into a stony place, the same is he who hears the word and unknown immediately with joy receives it. Yet he has no root in himself, stony places, but endures for a while. He hears the word of God, believes in, accepts Christ. It's all done with joy. But then something else happens. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by, he is offended. Notice that uh, a lot of people are offended by what the gospel brings, by what the work of the Holy Spirit does it. And so, verse 5, Stony places, for they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no depth of the earth. And he is talking on verse 20. Stony places, areas in your life, areas in your in spiritual insights, they have never given up or strengthened or bowed to the presence of God. In other words, you can't have a theological position that quenches deeply and causes you to rob your salvation. I believe that the lost of those who fall away into temptation and are lost is because they don't understand the cross. They don't understand forgiveness. They don't understand redemption. And so when they sin, they cannot come out of it. They seem to park themselves and condemn the other person and accuse the other person. And before too long, they have no spiritual power in them, spiritual vitality. Okay, so verse 5 answers in verse 20. Let's go back to uh, verse 7, which is interesting. And some seed fell among thorns, and thorns sprung up and choked them. Other things were allowed to come in and hinder the growth. In the what is it that can do that type of thing in your life? Fell upon thorns, sprung up and choked them. Verse 20, Jesus explained this. I'm sorry, 22, he explains this. He says, He also who received the seed among thorns is he who hears the word cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Now, the idea here is simply referring on verse 7. 
he is referring against thorns. You see, salvation is a precious gift. And as you come into that moment of receiving Christ in your heart, the first thing that needs to happen is that you know that among the thorns uh, there will be activity of higher ground and evil that will come in in the cares of this world, the ways of the world. You know, you, you love the Lord, but you, you, just, you just, during the football season, you get drunk every Sunday. You love the Word, but you go to church just on Easter Sunday. You love the Word, you love God, but you do according to your idea of how to care and to follow. And by the way, the thorns come in and they totally disrupt your life. Totally, completely cause you to be someone that is choked by a lifestyle. Now, a lifestyle, you can't go to a football game, you can't watch the Braves, you can't watch the game, but you've got to keep the main thing the main thing. You've got to keep that which is right, right. Jesus did not lose. Look, look, when Jesus said to John, that I'm going to die, and I came to give my life to others, so you be set free. Peter didn't like it. Peter got upset about it. And Jesus looked at him and says, Get behind me, Satan. In other words, Jesus knew clearly that his purpose in this world was to die on the cross in order to redeem humanity from sin. And that is, is the priority of his ministry. Priority. The, the thing that did the most. Remember on Transfiguration Day, in Mount Hermon, when Jesus went up in the sky, and the cloud came over the Peter, James, and John, and, uh, and, and he looked up, and Peter, Peter looked up, and he saw uh, Jesus among Elijah and Moses, and they were talking, saying, it's going to be difficult when you get down there this time. The ministry, the Galilean ministry was easy. The hardest is going to come, Son of God. You have to remain firm. You have to remain put because the purpose of your life is to die to save the sinner. And, uh, and so they begin to talk. You see, the purpose is that when your spiritual life begins to die, you begin to lose perspective in terms of who you are. Then is when you begin to not have peace. And so verse 7 talks about choked. Other things were allowed to come in and hinder the growth of the Word in the heart. Because the Word develops. The Word grows. The Word upon Word. Glory upon glory. It, it's mounted up. You know, I began studying the miracles of Jesus in the Galilees. The miracle of Jesus in Jerusalem. Then after that, I began to spend a lot of time uh, on the promises of God in the Bible. Then I spent a lot of time on the, 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 where Jesus walked in, in, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, how He moved, and he, what type of people He met. And, and then I, I began to study the book of Acts, and I experienced Acts chapter 2, and that just changed my resolve completely as the Holy Spirit began to take a place in my heart. Uh, that, that, that was deeper than what I had before. Then after that, I began to pray for people and began to understand how to pray for people. And suddenly, the Lord began to have a ministry. I wrote a book on praying with accuracy. And then I began to travel, going to 
in different countries, and I began to bring people to Christ and baptizing them. Well, the, the man who baptized so many people in Cuba uh, is not the same man that stands before you. I have developed, I have grown, I have dealt in battle sins, I have, I have stand, stood firm into my call to be a Jesus. I, I stood my call that uh, He will provide my needs according to His riches and glory. I don't have to have a salary. Things, personal things that I remain and I continue to do it. You know, Lord said to me it's not too long ago that I seem to warn out people. I just have a ministry, don't stop. It's a ministry that requires anybody who works over here to have some type of a stony uh, resolution, strong resolution, because I'm I'm going into I'm going into Israel next month in March, and then I'm going to Brazil in June, and then I have rekindled the flame in Atlanta, a conference in Marietta, Georgia, and Mount Bethel, and then I'm going to Cuba, I'm going to to Brazil again, to the northern of Brazil, and meet all the pastors, two or three hundred, four hundred pastors to come in to be renewed, and then after that, the month of uh, of uh, of November, I'm going back to Cuba. And of course, what a wonderful experience. What I'm saying to you here is that I'm in, I am a person in development. I never stop where I am. You know, now I'm dealing with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. Oh, it's so sweet. Faith, working of miracles, gifts of healing, all the miracles of Jesus. Prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. All the vocal gifts. And I'm developing each one of them. And I'm growing and practicing them. In other words, you don't sit idle. Because if you sit, you're going to be choked. That's what this verse says in the NIV, in the King James. It said, And some fell among thorn seeds. What is the seed? You preach, but it doesn't go anywhere. Thorns sprung up and choked them. The seed is trapped into a form of religion that denies the power. A form of religion that denies the power. How many servants of the Lord in the North Georgia Conference of the United Methodist Church have no idea what the Holy Spirit is, have no idea. They understand how to uh, welcome the homosexual to their church. It's fine with me. It's a good thing. But they're ignorant. They have nothing to offer but a weak and wimpy gospel that do not... So the thorns will come in and throw it up before too long. They're going to, going to pastor somewhere else and go to play shuffleboard in Fort Lauderdale. And so, verse 7 is critically important. So, verse 4 is explained on verse 19. Verse 5 is explained on verse 22. Uh, verse 20. Verse 7 is explained on verse 22. And verse 8 is explained on verse 23. So one more time. Verse 4 of chapter 13 is explained on verse 19. Verse 5 is explained on verse 21. 20. 5 is explained on 20. Verse 7 is explained on verse 22. Now, let's go to verse 8. Now, this one is a big one. Very important. But all the seed... Notice that it's not say seeds, but a seed fell in good ground, receptive ground, and brought forth fruit. Do you remember Lydia in the Bible? You know, Paul is going to Macedonia and, 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 and all those cities up there, uh, and then he moved toward 
Turkey. And he went to Tatara. And in Tatara, which is outside of Ephesus, he met a woman. Now, there was maybe 15, 20 women working on the tra- their craft. But one, Lydia, became, because she received Christ in all her house, and she imposed on, P- on Paul to stay with them. Do you know what it means to impose on someone to stay with them? I- I'll tell you. Let me explain to you. For several weeks now, there's a brother of mine who invites me to go have lunch with him in his house. And of course, you know, I'm in a hurry. I got to go. I got to get here to do this this morning. I got to get on the car. I drive an hour and a half to get here. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and so last night, something came into my mind. And the Holy Spirit said to me, He's been inviting you to have lunch in his house because he has a daughter that needs prayer about a situation that is very serious. And you can't hear it because you are on your dimension of activity. And so I have to come knock on your head, bang, 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 and tell you that you've got to go to his house to pray for his daughter. You see, sometimes you don't hear it. That's not receptive ground. That is just a worn out, tired, beat up ground that cannot hear. At times I've done that. But the other seed fell on good ground, receptive ground. You can have ground that is not receptive. But this ground here, this verse 8, and brought forth fruit. Oh, oh. You talk, well, do you know what it takes to, to, to get a seed and to grow the vine and then to have a seed? It's nine months of growth. Some seeds and some grounds, 10, 15 months of growth, two, three years of, to see the bud, little seed on the ground, to rise into a plant and to have fruit from that plant. Now, it explains here some as a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. So if you noticed that verse 4, where the thorn, the fowls, the birds of the air came in and ate, that's a hundredfold. Some seed only give one-fourth, three-fourth, and fail. Some seed one-fourth, some seed three-fourth, and fail. Meaning, that really only one-third of all the seeds in this story, only one-third produce fruit. Now, that's prophetic. Jesus is saying that as you preach, out of 100%, you're only going to get 30% that listen and have fruits. And you have to be patient to understand that because every ministry that you have, such as this ministry right here, see, we need to continue this ministry here. Because it's critically important in the life of the believer, in the life of those who listen to the gospel. Because out of uh, hundreds of people who listen to this program, one-third will be saved. That's very interesting, isn't it? That's very interesting. And so you've got to pay attention. You've got to know who you are. All right, now. So, verse 23 explains verse 8. Let's read verse 23. 
In the same chapter, I'm talking about Matthew chapter 13. Let me go back to verse 23. It says, He who receives the seed. I don't know. See, I, I'm a planter. I'm a sower. I've been throwing seeds at you like you ever seen. I'm sorry, but I can't do any seed to you right now. I can't do it now. Now, let me ask you a favor. Let me ask you a favor. Have I thrown seeds at you? Yes, I have. I've been doing for close to 30 years. I'd say about 15 years now on this apparatus here, which is a, a, a internet situation that will come to your to my, my website, lotterain.com, and you can go in there and click lotterain.com, peel down, and, and there I am, and a bunch of other teachers anointed of the Lord. So, verse 23, He who receives seed into the good ground, what do you mean by good ground? Prepared ground. Ground plowed by the Spirit of God, a conviction because of sin. If there's no conviction of sin, you're dying. If there is no conviction of sin, you're dying. You are the, the, the three, three-fourths of people who will have nothing to gain out of their Commitment to God. They simply are just choked, beaten up, eaten up by demons. He who receives seed into a good ground, a good ground, a good ground means you prepared your children, you prepared your family, you minister to your children, you love them, you talk to them, you minister to them, and because you've done what you did, then there is a new change in your life. Is he who hears the word, understands it, which also bear fruits, Christian, and brings forth some 100-fold, some 60, and some 30. The idea here is 100-fold. The Holy Spirit strives to bring the 30-fold and the 60-fold up to 100-fold. Now, do we want you to receive from the Lord the blessing of God and the salvation and the teaching? So let me ask you this. What kind of place are you? Are you on... Uh, are you on fell on the wayside and the the fowls of the air ate your food? Are you dealing with spiritual warfare that robs you of the word? Number five, are you in stony places to where there's nothing? The preacher has not to offer anything to you. There's no word that comes out that convicts. Verse seven. Your seeds fell among thorns, and you have a, you have a, uh, you've been choked by the thorns that come in to destroy you. So where are you? Are you the one who received the seed in good ground, or one of those three others? I need to ask you that question because you see, by the age you are right now, if you're about fifteen, twenty, you're still growing. If you are forty, you should have some fruit. By now, you should have some fruit. You should brought people to Christ. You should be on a mission trip and learn how to teach with RBM and to minister and to preach. You can, you can 
join us on this trip. So let me ask you, what is going to be? What is going to be in your life? Where are you in terms of your call to Christ? Are you developing or are you dying? Or are you uh, hiding or are you discouraged, defeated? I told everybody that after my wife passed away, I walked into my condo and I had a morbid feeling there that would deeply, deeply hurt me. And I, I went to Brazil this last month in a place called Salvador Bahia. And one of the things I did is I bought a thousand dollars of Bibles. I don't know if that was it, but when I got back to my condo, there was nothing more of that dormant, morbid feeling anymore. It's all cleared up. My condo is the happiest places I can have. Go over there, lay down on the sofa, and watch a, watch a, a good cowboy movie. And I'm, I'm happy, I'm joyful. I just pray for a wife. That's all I need. Amen. And so let me ask you this. <laughs> Don't send any requests, though, please. Let me ask you this. Where are you? Are you growing, developing? I, 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 I was healed. Oh, my God, I was healed. I, I, I was totally healed. I, I, I can see the bananas right there and the orange back here in the refrigerator and the steak in there. I can, <laughs> I'm alive. It's all cleaned up by Barbara. Barbara Edwards cleaned up the whole place, and it's got beautiful things. And, and I have four-piece lilies there that are developing and growing. And uh, that's my place. I wasn't my place. I had some, uh, some birds there eating the word. I had the stony ground in there. And, uh, and, and I was just being assailed by the enemy and discouraged and defeated and pitting. And I just kicked his behind out of my house. And, uh, and suddenly, I'm, I'm at peace with the Lord and, and I'm joyful and I'm continuing to serve Him anywhere I go. Let me ask you a question. Where are you? Where are you? And so, the morning Bible study continues. Tomorrow, it's, uh, it's Tuesday. I want you to know that uh, I'll be here and I have uh, one, two, three, four parables to explain to you and talk to you about it. Four parables tomorrow. The, 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 the 30 minutes we divide into four. And the Lord will bless you abundantly. Can I pray for you that the Lord bless your life? By the way, before I do, let me make you a personal invitation. We're going to Brazil the 20th to the, to the 30th of June. And I want to invite you to come in to, with us to to go to Brazil, 20 to the 30th of June, and the Lord will bless you abundantly. Amen? Abundantly. You have no, no worries, no concerns about that. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we look at the place in the burial of our Son, of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ, God, I just ask you that you have mercy, Lord, upon, upon those that are listening to me that are in stony grounds. There's no depth of involvement, no earth, no good teaching, no discipling, no conviction of sin, no conviction of righteousness, no conviction of judgment, God. For they are being defeated. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that you deliver them, that you bless them, Lord, that you strengthen them. God, I just ask you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah.